0: To on the ground podcast, a podcast for the members and alumni and distant relations of Hill City Baptist Church in Peterborough, Ontario. Guys, this is we're on a roll. This is our second week. Yeah, I mean, we're trying to be
1: disciplined and put together a good string of habits. Just a question by the alumni. How are you an alumni of a church?
0: I'm you, thinking you used to go to the church. You are you are now a member of another church.
1: So we are adopting a gracious. It's not an official. <laughs> towards- it's not an official title. Okay. Yeah, they
0: can listen to the podcast. That's the only thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you may have rejected us, but we still love you. <laughs> yeah. There's a place for you here. My name is Ben. I'm here with Ryland Auger, and Alex Gluserman. All right. Let's, let's be serious here. We are going to be talking about a uh, pretty significant condition that affects uh, many people. It isn't bursitis. It's actually <laughs> insecurity.
1: What was that even?
0: It's an inflammation of the uh, <laughs> joints. It's very painful here. Um, yeah, no. We're gonna, ta- we're gonna be talking about uh, insecurity and uh, it's, it's pervasive, it's insidious, uh, it's destructive. I think uh, if we're honest, most of us uh, struggle with it, at least at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought kind of what we could do is start with a kind of game. Well, it's not really a game, but uh, it requires participation. So uh, because I think insecurity is such kind of a, a multifaceted condition, it can kind of manifest in different ways. Some people may not even really be aware of, of uh, kind of the insecurities that are present. So that we'd kind of go around uh, starting with the words insecurity is and try to give kind of a one-sentence definition of what insecurity might uh, manifest as. And then when we run out of things to say, uh, we'll try to summarize it kind of in a a working definition. Uh, Even if we go no further than ourselves, I'm sure we'll have lots of uh, source material. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe I'll go first, Uh, and anyone else is welcome to jump in after. Insecurity is always feeling the need to contribute to a discussion, even when you're ignorant of the subject. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's never being able to say, uh, I don't know, or admit you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, We were talking about this, but I would say
1: insecurity is the symptom of an insecure identity. That is a failure to receive our God-given identity, and consequently, the attempt to form our own. So...
0: So I'll move right on to the yeah, definition.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought that's what this game was. <laughs> no, he was trying to get us to oh, think out examples, all to, to, give exa- <laughs> to give examples. No,
0: that's actually a very good definition. We'll probably use that at the end. Uh, uh, just examples sorry. of how uh, insecurity might look. Yeah,
2: insecurity is going to the beach with a t shirt on and swimming. Hold on. That's good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's definitely me.
2: I even feel that way sometimes.
0: Uh insecurity is the inability to laugh at yourself and the constant fear of not being taken seriously. Insecurity is hiding um
1: downplaying or ignoring our weaknesses mm. and promoting and displaying our strengths mm. or perceived strengths. Absolutely. It is a fear of being seen as weak or inadequate.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Rylan, I'm trying to think of. Okay, it's hard because it's like my mind just goes to all of my insecurities. Right. Well, that's fine. <laughs> we Insecurity
0: is Rylan Auger. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Insecurity is me. Yeah.
0: Insecurity is a constant uh, need for validation. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can't really live without that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm constantly looking for that.
1: Insecurity is manifest in anger, resentment, bitterness being easily offended by perceived slights against mm-hmm. us, being defense, misunderstood yeah. by
0: people. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah. Or it could also be uh, insecurity could be perceived, um, presented or manifested in flattery. Yes. Kind of the opposite direction. Um, is you flatter yeah. others? Yeah, but yeah, you flatter others. That's actually a sign of your insecurity because you want their approval. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's what flattery is. You, you're saying something to them that you'd only say to their face and would never say behind their back in order right. to get something. It's it's kind of a you're trying to exactly what you're saying trying to you're, it's a way to seek validation. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll get approval and acceptance by flattering people.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. we were talking about how insecurity can mm-hmm. look like confidence. Yeah, because a way. One way to mask or to combat the feeling of insecurity is to, prom- again, to focus on our strengths. So we, you know, we're we're always trying to put forward before, before people what we're good at. Mm. You know, whether it's some athletic accomplishment or um, some musical accomplishment, intellectual, you know, physical attributes, yeah.
0: whatever they are yeah insecurity and I think kind of the reason we're doing these exercises is exercise is because it's so insidious yes. and, and it doesn't always look like the trembling person in the corner Don't. at a party Oh, he's insecure it might look at like the life of the party yes right
2: um, yeah I think that's an important thing because most people probably hear the word insecure you know, especially in our day um, and they are thinking about sel- the issue of self-esteem mm. And and we're actually kind of all operating from the assumption right now that that self-esteem is actually not your greatest problem. And it's actually, it'd be your greatest problem in the opposite way. Not that you need more self-esteem, but it's your problem that you think it's your greatest problem if self-esteem is your biggest issue because that's actually the nature of insecurity. The nature of insecurity is to always be seeking to boost mm-hmm. your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Well, one nature of it.
1: Um, another, I have a couple more free, yeah, uh, of for of insecurity. Yeah. Uh, the unwillingness or the hesitancy to affirm and encourage and praise other people. Yes, yes, that's Because a good one. you're constantly trying to be um, on their level yeah. and therefore to affirm that someone is better than you at something. Uh, is to say something for an insecure person is a comment on you. Yeah. Whereas secure people don't think about themselves and they, they gladly, joyfully celebrate the strengths of others. Yeah, yeah. And, and
0: kind of going along with that, insecurity is, is being constantly threatened and, and intimidated yes. by people we perceive to have it all together. Yes. Um,
1: so insecure people are constantly gathering around that. They're constantly taking the mama bear Mentally, women do this. They'll be the strong one. They're not vulnerable, but they like being in a position where others are vulnerable with them. And they like being the one that others go to for advice and who seek their counsel. But they themselves don't like having someone like that in yep. their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it's, it's, they feel very uncomfortable um, it's a very to be seen as position. weak or yep. to be known. But yep. it's funny, they love other people doing that with them. Mm-hmm. So it's often, again, it's kind of masked because, oh, this person's always meeting with people. They're always having heart-to-heart conversations. It's like, well, are they or is it a very one way? And in men, you look at insecure men do the same thing. we And it's intuitive or it's uh, it's not a conscious thing. it's an, It's almost unconscious where you surround yourself with people you feel superior to and you feel very... I hear so many men men will vocally criticize people who are better than them at something you know it's like the need to tear them yeah, down yeah, yeah
0: to bolster your own kind of yeah I, I I think and you kind of hit on the definition there what we're dealing with here is is a fragile identity yes mm-hmm. uh, and and we're gonna get to it, but necessarily any kind of identity that is built on other people's opinion of you um that is necessarily going to, is is not a good place to build no. a life on. Yeah, it's a sad. And what what is it that insecure people um, fear most? Not being loved and not being praised, and and being known,
1: and not being known.
2: Yeah. Um, Wait, you're saying they fear being known. They fear being known. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like in a sense of it's, it's like a fear of being exposed as actually weak. Yeah. Like actually. Yeah.
0: Cause we were talking insecure people are constantly trying to, um, fabricate, uh, a personality, uh, yeah. uh of who they want to be either yeah. strong, the strong one or the funny one or the secure one or yeah. the wealthy one, whatever it is, all their energy, uh, is, is kind of going into that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It's. It's interesting as we're talking, just the more I think about it and even all the things you're saying, it's like I feel in some ways it's like I can relate to circumstances where I felt a lot of those things. And I think insecure, and maybe I'm just a really insecure person, but part of it is I actually think that it's more, It's it comes in varying degrees. There's the insecure person that you might say is characterized by being insecure. right? But I think all of us to some degree have insecurity. This is yes, it's yeah. kind of the nature. We all do. Of, yeah. yeah, it's the nature of sin. Like it just in any way that we want to be perceived as strong where we are weak. It's like we're insecure there. Where we fear being known as something we're not or something or something we are.
1: Yeah, I think there's multiple it's not just sin, it's also fallenness and sure. in the So if insecurity is fundamentally an issue of an insecure identity, that is you don't know who you are. You have not received that from God, therefore you you try to make it. We we need an identity. We function out of our identity. So yeah. if we haven't received it according to God's word, we will still form that, but it will be on all the round on all the wrong foundations. Mm-hmm. But there's also once you know who you are in Christ, when you read God's word and you see that this is who I am, there's also dealing with the fail the we all fall short of that. And so there's the insecurity almost having to work through basically what I'm saying is there's not knowing your identity and then there's knowing your true identity and dealing with the 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 fallout of not being that. Do you know what I mean? Which which also leads to insecurity. And without the gospel of grace like great example is a husband, a father, I mean you can read and you can learn and you can see what the scriptures teach about this. but It's a whole other thing to be able to confront with honesty, your failures in that regard. Do you know what I'm saying? And, um, anyways, we're
0: kind of, wa- I'm wandering away off your question, but yeah, no, no, that's, that's good. Um, how might, um, Like, there's the condition of insecurity, which I think anyone outside of Christ is going to struggle with. Yeah. um, Because, you know, the foundation for their identity is is necessarily going to be on something that isn't stable. Yeah. Uh, Other people's opinion of them, their their job, or whatever it is, right? If any of those are affected negatively, there goes their... Yeah. sense of self worth and value, right? Uh, but there's also a sense in which, as Christians, as you said, Rylan, we we struggle with seasons of insecurity, and um, uh, and especially as we, um, you know, we backslide or we move away from our identity and and life in Christ, that those kind of symptoms of our old nature can come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, my, how, how, why might insecurity be so uh, crippling for a Christian trying to be obedient to God? Um,
1: I like what you, when we're talking about an insecure identity that the image that came to my mind was the difference between standing on the beach and standing on a surfboard, which if you've seen me try and surf, you'll realize is a very precarious situation. And uh, surfing is a lot harder than it looks. It looks
0: really har-
1: hard. It doesn't look easy at all to me. It, no, it doesn't look easy, but I've seen a lot of people do it. And I'm, I feel insecure about how bad I am at it. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's great. But a, a, a surfboard, at least to me, is a lot less secure than I imagine. And when you stand on the beach, it's solid. You're not gonna just fall over. You're not mm. gonna tip over. And building our identity on anything other than Christ and who he is ultimately and then who he's said we are in him is the difference between standing on the shore and watching people and being a rookie trying to stand up on your board. It's a completely different scenario. So I would say um, even for Christians, though, the battle is to constantly, by faith, be living according to what Scripture says about us. We we look at Jesus Christ, who was the perfect man, it's no coincidence that at the beginning of his life and ministry, or of his ministry, rather, was his baptism. And his baptism, um, amongst other things, was in- involved a pronouncement from the father of his identity. It's, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And we see three things happening here. One, it is a father that is pronouncing... Declaring the identity of this person, which is as a son. That's who he is. That is his identity. Um, second, he is loved. He is the beloved. And thirdly, he is delighted in, with whom I am pleased. So it kind of answers the questions who am I? Am I loved? And am I liked? As these are central things to our identity. Mm-hmm. And when we don't have that from God, or at least we are—we don't have a sense of that as a Christian, we're not constantly being reminded of that, we'll seek those things elsewhere. The who am I, we will, you know, place ultimate value on being uh, our vocation. You know, I am a mechanic, I am a teacher, I am this. Well, you are those things, but not most foundationally, are you that thing? Um you are a child of God, and that you can't lose that. You can lose your job. You can be crippled by disease. you can There can cease to be a job for you, but you cannot lose in Christ your identity as a son or a daughter. You cannot lose that God loves you, that there's nothing that can separate us, as Paul says, from the love of God, Christ Jesus, nothing. And you cannot lose God's sense of pleasure with you as it is in his Son. Um, and one day we will experience that most fully. So it's kind of an ongoing battle in the Christian life to be reminded of these things, to not find them elsewhere, you know? And yeah. what I do, and it's like, no, no, you're not what you do. You yeah,
0: know? and I think that is that might be kind of a paradigm shift. It shouldn't be. I mean, it's it's the core of what it means to be a Christian, is yeah. to be of Christ, is be in Christ. But I think for, for many professing Christians, being a Christian uh you know, falls in line up with everything else. Mm. I am a worker, I'm a parent, I'm a friend, and I'm also a Christian, right? It's it's not a foundational identity. Yeah. Which and you can expect insecurities to blossom when that yeah. isn't the
2: case. And I think and maybe to tie it back to your question about why it's so crippling is because as exactly as Alex has sort of drawn out with your examples and illustrations there, is is that it's a foundational part. It's foundational. The, it's foundational. Absolutely. And so when anything foundational becomes unstable, that's, that's everything the the, affected. Yeah, it quickly becomes, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like everything is affected. It just yeah, sweeps through your and life. It just, so, sorry, go think, think about our relationships
1: when they're built on a, our identity in Christ, which is that we are loved apart from our works. Indeed, in spite of our works, um, we are not constantly seeking others' love in the same way. We are secure in the love of God, and therefore we are free to l- relate to people in a way that's not just seeking their love and seeking their pleasure and seeking their affirmation and seeking them liking us. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we don't have that foundation, every relationship to various degrees, depending on how close it hits to home, is, is actually just becomes an identity builder. Mm-hmm. So you know and you see this you how do i know this is going on well how do you respond to people hurting you right how do you respond to people not responding to your love how do you respond to people um not affirming the things about you you want to be affirmed and if you are easily angered or frustrated or um hurt you know there's a there's an insecurity there's yeah. an identity issue and really you're not loving people you're using them so that you can feel loved yeah. mm-hmm. and it you can it, it can look like you're
0: loving people but you're actually not you're mm-hmm. trying to build mm-hmm. an identity and the reality is th- the more we're we're paralyzed by insecurity uh, like people who are paralyzed by insecurities just can't be faithful in the local church no um, you'd be afraid to warn. Yep. You'd be afraid to encourage yep. or praise. Um you'd be afraid to evangelize. Yeah. Uh you you'd be afraid to sing. I mean, I mean it, your world has shrunk to the point where you really you can't serve one another. It's just life. all about you. Yeah. Yeah. One of the ways
1: maybe we could think about if you think of if you're willing to share a way that you've noticed insecurity in your own life. Mm-hmm. And uh it's so one, be personal. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, good
2: Things will get messy quick. <laughs> it's
1: funny. We were my wife and I were talking about this, you know, maybe a month or two ago. And there's a pattern of our relationship and relating to one another that all of a sudden it dawned on me in like a, a very real way that I just relate to her out of a sense of insecurity in this particular way. And so I realized um and it it's really embarrassing and feels very shameful as a man to say that you feel like needy like that doesn't feel like you want to say that but i realized that i would get disproportionately frustrated and moody and self-pitying when i even perceived that um, my wife wasn't Mm -hmm. giving me the attention that i desired notice that i'm not i used the words perceived because it was often, because it's insecure, it's not even real, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is a terrible burden to live under as a spouse. And it's the, the affection that I desired. It wasn't necessarily what was owed kind of thing. And I realized this childish, immature, and selfish way about me. And it was, it was weird how emotional... I would feel like it was it was almost if someone did something to me, but it would be if she just didn't do something I was expecting, Mm -hmm. right? If I did something and it wasn't the response I wanted, or if she was busy with something and it wasn't the attention that I desired. It's such a it's embarrassing to kind of say. But I realized that was an insecurity. Yeah. And I'm we're almost 10 years into marriage, you know, and I was acting like a 16-year-old teenage girl kind of you know
0: and but it it is hard i'm not trying to justify any yeah. of that but it is hard with someone who knows us so well oh yeah and to not have their approval yeah can be de- I, I i can identify with that yeah that can be devastating yeah um it's like that cuts pretty deep but again there's there's a disproportionate weight being put on yeah to your wife well and oh, I was value. I was perceiving there wasn't
1: she wasn't actually doing anything wrong right. or yeah. she wasn't failing in any way to yeah. give me attention as my wife. It was just purely an unrealistic expectation that was built on my you know insatiable craving for attention. And a lot of that, if I was to go back, because I I think we should talk about fatherhood and, and identity, um is rooted in insecurities I've had since I was a boy, like things that I felt and desired from people and looked for in others since I was actually a boy, and um, ways of relating to people and, and women that just. So, all that to say, we're, we're in this battle together. You know, I'm 33 years old, I've been married almost 10 years. I married a woman who's totally not insecure compared to a lot of people. You know, we have a healthy relationship. I can't blame any of that on her. And yet I had this paralyzing insecurity. Um, and
0: there's many, there's just a lot of ways I feel that. Rylan, do you want me to reveal one of your
2: insecurities? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't have any. I don't go. think you need to. <laughs> Probably more obvious. Um, no, I think that's helpful. And it, it, a point you just made there, Alex, got me thinking, I was kind of lost in thought there, um, about how you're saying from when you were a child. I was just thinking about how um, you, it's why you actually, going back to flattery a bit, you have to be careful about the identity mm-hmm. you build in other people by what you say to them. Mm-hmm. Because you actually, if you tell someone something about themselves that isn't true and they build their identity around wanting to be that thing you tell them they are, mm-hmm. When they, when it becomes apparent that they're not, that's when insecurity will reveal itself. Mm-hmm. Because you can only, you can't be told you are something and then you will be it. Um, even God, when He tells us we are His sons, it's because He makes us part of His family. Like He actually changes our identity. It's not just that He t- He tells us that and we just sort of accept it. If you hear you're God's child, but you actually aren't God's child. Uh, you won't feel the warmth and comfort that comes from being God's child. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like the athlete
1: who their whole life, they've been forming an identity around their success and performance as an athlete. Mm-hmm. And that's part of who they are, but that's not the central part of what it means to be human. But because that's it's put in that box for them, watch mm-hmm. guys who retire. Even if they've made tens, hundreds mm-hmm. of millions of dollars, even if they've got championships, even if... They're still talking about it. they're mm-hmm. still talking about how great they were, how if you know if you were in today's game, could you oh man, we would it's like, why do you feel the need to do that because yeah. that is my identity, mm-hmm. yeah, you know,
0: and um, yeah yeah in in a way, we didn't plan this, but it's it's interesting how this is a follow up to our last podcast, oh yeah, in I a way with that, uh um. Insecurity is is the antithesis to uh, self forgetfulness. Yeah. Um, yeah. insecurity leads to self absorption. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's the when you are secure in Christ mm-hmm. and secure in that identity, mm-hmm. then you are free to. Well, you have all this room suddenly in your life for everybody else because mm-hmm. yes. your closet mm-hmm. isn't full of. Oh yeah, all of your own stuff and what you have to. Uh,
1: and it's so free. Yeah. Like when your identity is in Christ and what he's done and his love is secure and his affection is, is, you know, constant and you know who you are and who you are called to be. And when you fail to do that, there's grace and forgiveness and power and strength to do that. Mm. You are free to stop making everything in your life about forming that. And you just get to work. You know, you get to work in loving people and doing good and serving others and and being joyfully absorbed without the needs of others, you know?
2: Mm.
1: And when you think about... um, I I, I don't think fatherlessness has played a huge role in this, because I think in the life of someone, a father plays a central role in instructing their children who you are according to who God's created you to be as a creature, and who you are as he's called you to be as his child. And when you don't have that, there's obviously insecurities. And we live in a fatherless age. We live in an absolutely fatherless um, age. And uh, one way we can combat this is, is by
2: trying to teach our children that. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, trying to be fathers who actually do a good job of mm-hmm. communicating identity like what their identity is and where they should find it yeah
0: yeah the 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 lie of of in you know insecurity is that you will eventually arrive at the the persona that you've you've been wanting for so long you will eventually get to that place of universal admiration or wealth or whatever it is um but it, it never delivers and i think we can just honestly say that um Insecurity and happiness are, are those, don't, those those don't exist together. Yeah. No, they don't um, you, you, We're only I mean ultimately our identity, our happiness is going to be found as we are whole in Christ. Mm-hmm. But it's the lie, right? It's the deceit and we all believe it at one time or another
2: mm-hmm. And there's something to be said about like insecurity is if there's a fear there, right? insecure.
0: Um, oh, absolutely.
2: And and there's something to be said about about wielding that. The same way you, you maybe ever heard John Piper talk about gutsy guilt. How when you feel guilt, you actually you shouldn't hide. You actually kind of get a sense of gutsiness, and you come before the throne of God to find forgiveness. It actually like you you respond to that guilt in a way, in one sense that you shouldn't, which is coming before the judge. Mm-hmm. But it's because there's forgiveness there. Mm-hmm. And it, with insecurity and fearfulness there's a sense in which God actually wields that feeling of fear to be an exposer and to be an opportunity to, like, actually to actually realize the places that we aren't leaning into our identity in Christ, that we are trusting. Like, it's actually helpful to be exposed, is what I'm trying to say, and that it's helpful to realize the places where we are insecure. And so, in one sense, when you feel that fearfulness, not that you... um you shouldn't cover it up. Basically, is what is you should you need to dig it out, and it's the worst feeling ever to do that. It's like you were saying, it's embarrassing. But that's actually like it's a blessing of God that we actually do feel that, that we don't become hardened towards these things. Yeah, like one of the, you know what I'm saying. So one of the
1: saying? ways, practically, I think you can help, especially with men. Everyone knows men struggle with failure. Yeah. But if you don't teach your children, and if we don't learn as men to fail, we will always be constructing an insecure identity. And so one thing we can do is be like Paul and boast in our weaknesses. And we teach and model for people um, how to deal with our failures and to be honest with those things. And only in Christ and through the gospel can we actually do that. Can we receive the hope of being absolute failures and yet being completely loved. And it's almost too good to be true. Mm. Well, it is too good to be true, but it is true. And so um, an insecure person can just can't. Be, they're not teachable. They're not humble. They're, right. They never admit weakness. But we have an amazing opportunity to model um, weakness, to yeah. model failure, to teach young boys especially, you know, don't build your identity around that. You know, build it on Christ.
0: Another, I think, kind of way to really help uh, us kind of get out of the prison of, of insecurity is, and we bring this up a lot, but meaningful membership. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, being, putting, known. being known, putting yourself in the way of accountable, yeah, honest, um, loving, loving, relationships yeah Mm -hmm. um and 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 putting yourself out there confessing confessing sin and and confessing weakness and that's the only way you start to leave that behind it's insecurity is not something you can get a piece of pen and paper out, or pick a piece of paper and pen and kind of work out on your own like it necessarily dies in the hands of community yeah um and that's that's a terrifying prospect it can be but it's how wonderfully freeing again, as we've said. Community helps you to avoid curating your
1: friendships. Mm. And- That's a t-shirt. We should not curate our friendships. We should not just be picking and choosing who we listen to, who we talk to, who we surround with us. And the the healthiest people- The whole toxic people narrative. Yeah, yeah. we avoid toxic people. And the healthiest people (laughs) I know, the most insecure people I know form identities on social media, and they have a very select group of friends who they have a particular way of relating to. But the most secure people I know have friends from, well, they're, they're close with everyone in their church in the sense that not the same level of friendship, but uh, they're not curating. They're not picking and choosing. They're welcoming. They're being among. They're being known. They're knowing. And uh, it's such a beautiful thing to witness. Having good, I mean, friendship. We've done a podcast on it. It's just so important. Um, friendship is just so important. Yeah, insecure guys don't have friends. Mm-hmm. You know, secure people have have friends. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, guys, I mean, this is a this is a big subject, and I yeah. think it's an important one. Uh, I almost want to make this a two part. Well, we'll talk about it, but. Um, Uh, Anyone have anything to kind of close up on or finish off with anything pressing? I think
2: we've hit kind of the main notes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, no, I was just thinking, I always, it's nice to end it on like a positive thought. Like it is good to, I like that you're saying like find friends and like get friends and it is good to actually encourage. On the one hand, I was saying it earlier, everyone struggles with insecurity to some degree but it's encouraging to think that this will not always be the case. Like it is a terrible way to feel and it is a terrible thing. And um, we don't want, you don't want people to feel insecure and there actually is hope to not be insecure. There's mm. actually hope to feel yeah, secure. The gospel, yeah. yeah. And that's the gospel. And, and I think Alex has been saying that interspersedly and you as well. We've been talking about identity in Christ is the only way to feel that way. Mm. And I'm just thinking in particular about an, an, an individual who I think was kind of realizing recently the the actual feeling of forgiveness and like how freeing that is and 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 this is kind of why the gospel is the bomb for um, That's B A L M. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's also the bomb yes, in colloquial <laughs> language, yeah. But I was meaning B A L M. Yes. Yeah, for our insecurities and the reason is, is because forgiveness um, actually uh, is is sort of the cleansing feeling it, it it removes any shame it actually brings us into because we're welcomed in spite of our, our sins and mm-hmm. we're welcomed and it's a it's a wonderful thing and that's why membership and all these things are so important is because membership is and friendship are communities of forgiveness mm-hmm. and uh the and gospel rare is, in today's yeah, world yeah and R- rare where you don't it's world. not like
0: the crabs in the bucket syndrome you just have to get ahead and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. so it's like don't run away from gospel truth you know, and don't run away from gospel community. It's like, that's the best place for you to be. That's the best place for you to feel the most secure, the mm-hmm. most comfortable, the most at ease, the most at peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. That was good. Uh, again, any, any comments, uh, any suggestions for subjects, uh, feel free to give us an email, and we'll see you next week.